You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with hosts Rick and Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. Hello, and welcome to Trucking 101, surviving your first year. The show that will not only help you survive, but thrive in your first year. My name is Rick, and besides me is my gorgeous wife, Melissa. Our mission is to find and pass along knowledge to new drivers that will make them the safest drivers on the road and provide a firm stepping stone into a successful career. This show not only provides advice to new drivers, it also is an outlet for experienced drivers who want to share their knowledge. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, or a suggestion, press 1, and we'll get you on the show. The topic of tonight's show is surviving training. Before we do that, though, I have something I would like to share. Melissa and I started this show to help new drivers. We now have this podcast, but we are not getting to enough of these inexperienced drivers. I have an idea and we need the help of the experienced drivers listening. I was looking on Facebook today, and I ran across a story about something that a driver did that was, that was really pretty horrific. Uh, he wasn't injured, but it was, it was a, a, I'm sure, a very embarrassing situation. And, and uh, I went in and I read the comments to see what people had to say. Wait, what did he do, though? Uh, he stuck his arm down inside of his uh, fuel tank to find out what the level was of the fuel tank, and he got his arm stuck. <laughs> the fire department had to come and literally cut his his uh, his tank apart in order to get his arm out of the thing. I uh, shouldn't laugh because that's yeah. It, it, it's yeah. something that you know, like one driver pointed out that he had a, a broomstick right there that he could have put down there and got the level instead of sticking his arm in it. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was embarrassed. I'm sure. What was he going to figure out by sticking his arm in there? Is yeah, he was like, trying to feel the. Feel it. The level, I guess. Yeah, feel the level. Yeah. Okay. And everybody was just, you know, most of the comments were just, uh, God, what an idiot, you know. And and uh, one comment was was going into a lot of detail about how stupid he was, and he was the guy who actually pointed out the the broom. And another guy came back on, and, and he said, he said, yes, the uh, the guy made a mistake, and it was a pretty stupid mistake. He goes and. Uh, I'm sure he would have liked to have had someone he could talk to in order to, and I'm kind of paraphrasing right now because I heard exactly what he said. He'd like to have had someone who could have explained to him that he'd get his arm stuck in there, you know. And the, the fact is that, that the experienced drivers out here need to start helping these inexperienced drivers. So my response was to give him, this, this driver that made this comment, uh, the link to our uh, Trucking 101. I haven't been able to find the, the thing to find out if he's actually going to come to our show or not, but at least I shared it, and hopefully he's going to come to our show and add something to it. He'll start sharing that with other drivers. Uh, and, and then there was a, another article that I also read today. That this was in the trucker, and it was a guy who was sitting there complaining about how there was no uh, drivers out here showing any, any type of appreciation for other drivers. And his comment at the end of that was, We've got to start helping these drivers, and if we don't, God help us all. And and the fact is, you know, what he, that's the absolute truth, and that's why we have this. There are a lot of inexperienced drivers out there that need our help. We need we need to help to get the, to get the message out. I have an idea, and and that was the idea. We need if you see anything like like what I just described on Facebook or, or any, anywhere else for that matter, we would like for you to share the link to our Facebook page. And our show. And our show. Melissa will, will put a post up on Trucking 101 on Ohio Road so it's easy to share. Ask them to also share and start looking for drivers who need help. And that way we should be able to get more. more. I, I just had a thought. The guy that put the, his arm down his tank, I was, it must have been he was probably pretty low on fuel, 
and he wanted to see if he had any fuel at all to see if he could make it somewhere. And, you know, I mean, if he had his arm all the way down in there, he must have been trying to get all the way to the bottom of the tank to see if he had any fuel at all. That's how he got stuck. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I can't imagine. I would never... That's the only way I could think you could stick your arm all the way down in the tank. Okay, <laughs> safety alert to new drivers and anybody who hasn't thought of this before. If you need to check the level of your tanks, do not stick your arm down in your tank. Take a, a, a broomstick or a, a windshield washer pole that they have out there or, or anything but your arm to check your fuel level. A stick on the side of the landing. Anything but your arm. Yeah, just don't stick your arm in there. Okay. So, um, once again, if you have a question, a comment, a topic, or a suggestion, please press 1 and we'll get you on the show. The topic of tonight's show is surviving training. We actually had a little discussion right before the show started. I, I usually do the planning of the show. I, I write up, like, note cards and stuff like that, and I do the little uh, explanation on the website and the Facebook page. And so I was thinking one thing, surviving training, as in surviving the actual experience. And Rick, when he heard me tell the title, was thinking something completely different. He was thinking, okay, so you survive training, what now? And we just about like five minutes before the show started, we were like, why are we thinking two different topics? So we decided to cover them both. We're going to cover surviving training, the actual experience, and we're going to do, okay, you survive training, what now? Last week we talked about being a trainer, and, and we went through a lot of the stuff that uh, when you get through all the, those different things, you survive training. And so now you're getting ready to go out on your own truck. Your, your company said, hey, you're done. You've got your hours in. you got your miles. But first, before we do that, we're going to talk about surviving the actual experience. Okay. And then we'll move on to you survived. Okay. So first I want to bring on our call screener and one of our group members, Becky Morgan. She's got a little advice for you guys, surviving training. Hey, Becky, how's it going? It's going good. How are y'all? Doing right, good. Awesome. Yeah, just uh, just a quick uh, touch-up from last week. Um, when you go to get on the truck with your trainer, try to learn everything you can. Go in there with a, an attitude of, of learning. I have seen multiple students come through my truck who had good attitudes and then some who didn't where, you know, your training job is not just driving during the day. Um, where we trained, Russ and I, there, there was homework at night, uh, learning how to trip plan, uh, doing uh, logging exercises, things of that nature. And I had one girl who just refused to do them. Um, so consequently, she was behind when she got back. And I always, I, I always told my students, I'm here to help you any way I can, but I'm not your mother. I'm not going to tell you, except one time, what time we get up. I'm not going to tell you to, you've got homework to turn in. I'm not going to tell you these things other than say, here, here's the assignment. If you have a question, feel free to ask. But I'm not going to sit here and badger you like, like you're my six-year-old. Not going to happen. Um, so make sure that you're not just driving when you get on this truck, but you're learning the other tools that you're going to need um, to be out on your own. And which brings me to another point that I think Russ kind of glanced on last week, but really didn't cover it in, in detail. We have a problem with some of the way some of these companies train. Uh, I do not, and I, I would I would suggest to students find a company or a school, but usually at this point you're with a company, find a company that does not train trainees as a team driver. To me, that is absolutely the stupidest thing I have ever seen in my life. If your trainer is sleeping, how on earth are they training you? Um, where we worked, uh, your trainer, the trainer was in the jump seat, at all times, they were either behind the wheel or in the passenger seat every inch that the truck rolled down the road. Uh, if you were backing up, we were on the ground. Uh, if you were driving, 
we were in the passenger seat. Uh, there was none of this uh, drive like a team with somebody who doesn't even know what they're doing yet. So I would suggest to students, check out the companies that you're interested in going to work for and find out how do they run their training department. Very, very, very important. I can promise you when someone's in the jump seat talking to you, talking you through things, uh, paying attention to what you're doing, you're going to have a much more in-depth training experience than the company that's treating you like a team when you really shouldn't be. Yeah, um, let me jump I don't in know on how you all feel about that. I got, I got to get on that. Yeah. The, the company that we worked for, um, they were one of the training companies that ran you as a team. Now, it wasn't like we just jumped on the truck right away and we were a team. That's that's not how it worked. You did go through, what, about like about the first four weeks, right? And you had to, you, like they had rules where the trainee couldn't drive past midnight and the trainer had to have a certain amount of time in the jump seat and stuff like that. So you were like, well, you trained it wasn't like that. No, because I had already qualified past all yeah. that point. So that's getting to my point. So in your like your first four weeks, you had certain restrictions. You weren't full team. I would call it probably a super solo, right? That's what yeah. I would call it. And but then once you get past four weeks, now they required eight weeks, eight to ten weeks of training, depending on because you had to hit two hundred hours. So when you get past four weeks, then you're a full blown team. Okay, you drive on your shift, the trainer drives on his or her shift, and you're just racking up hours. I mean, I didn't really have a problem with that until you just said something, and it made me think. It was like. Okay, so I've had four weeks of training. Training, you feel comfortable with me driving the truck, and you're back there sleeping. Why can't I get bound to my own truck and get an actual mileage pay and not this this trainee pay that I'm getting? You know, what was the point of the last four weeks? Bingo! It's a money maker for the company because they don't, you know, that's that's exactly what it is. They can run that truck as a team truck, and they don't have to pay team wages. And so the the one person that's getting screwed in all of this is the trainee who's getting paid a base wage um, instead of their mileage pay and basically doing the work that a team driver does. Um, so, yeah, by all means, you know, don't just jump to the first company that uh, says yes. Do some homework. Find a company that kind of fits with, with um with what you want to do and and how you want to to be trained and and look at things like that um and Melissa you're absolutely right about that there's if if you're good enough to drive as a full blown team you're good enough to have your own truck end of story yeah i just realized when you were talking i got screwed that <laughs> <laughs> oh, worked out okay yeah it worked out okay Oh, man. It worked out okay. Okay. But, uh, yes. Yeah. Are you asking something else you wanted to say? Yeah, I do want to say uh, one other thing. I had a student who, and and I'm going to have tell people, do not, do not do this under any circumstances. We understand that when trainees come on board, a lot of times when they get on your truck, they don't have much in the way of money or anything else. Um, they may have. Spent, uh, they may be down to their last dollars until they get that first paycheck. But here's the thing, guys. If if you need prescription medication, do not try to wean yourself off of it or self-dose um, so you can save money. I had a student who was on um, different forms of psychotropic drugs, and didn't have the money to refill them before she left. Well, she tried to self uh, to cut down her dose herself, which resulted in a disastrous uh, training episode for her, and she never did make it. Um, had she just been up front, uh, the company probably would have helped her out, uh, may have given her a, a cash advance, you know, to get the prescriptions done or, or whatever. But if you have something like that, and it doesn't have to be those kind of drugs, could be blood pressure, could be 
whatever. Don't don't cut those kind of corners to make it out on the truck. Be honest with your trainer. Um and tell them what's what's going on because I can't train you effectively and teach you effectively when you're hiding something like that from me. And yeah. there's no way I can help you if I if I don't know what the problem is. I promise you it, your trainer has heard far more embarrassing stories than anything that you can probably shove at them. Just when you yeah. when you sit down with that trainer and you talk to them for the first time and you do your little meet and greet get all the cards out on the table because that's the only way that they're going to be able to be effective and teach you what you need to know. And that trainer may help you out. You just, you don't know. Um, just, but just don't hold stuff like that back. It's it's not going to be good for, for you in the long run. All right. Uh, anything else you want to share before we uh, move on? I think that's it. All right. That was excellent advice. Thank you very much, Becky. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say a couple more things before we move on to our next um, group member. Um, my experience with training, I was uh, one of those core trainees. I had almost no money. All the money I had was what I was getting from the company as my base pay, which is basically per, per diem, and it's, it's not very much. It's very low. I think it was like... Two hundred a week or something like that. Yeah, it was more than that. It was more like three fifty a week. But three fifty is that much money. It wasn't there. a lot. Yeah. It was between it was like between two fifty and three fifty. I don't remember exactly exactly not. I just remember it was barely enough to pay the rent in the townhouse that I wasn't living in. Um, so one thing I would say before you decide to become a truck driver and you go into training, try to have a little bit of money in the bank if you can handle it. I mean, even if you get a job at McDonald's or something for a couple of weeks just to sock some money away so you can get through that training period, I would do it. I mean, I survived training uh, mainly because my second trainer was really nice and he bought me food. But um, I was on, like, peanut butter and jelly and, you know, ramen noodles and stuff like that. It, it was it was not pretty. Um, so have a little bit of money in your pocket. Try to. Try to if you can. Now, if if you don't have any money at all and you don't have a way to get money and you're going to go into training, most companies will give you uh, payday advances, cash advances on your next check, so you can do get through the training period. And that's that's what I had to do. So when the company hired me on as a driver after I was done with training, I owed them money. But you know, it's okay. I paid it back. You know, because once you start making the per mile pay, the pay gets a lot better. So. You can you can uh, get past that. So yeah, try to have a little bit of money with you when you go into training, so you can eat and, and stuff like that. Because you're not going to be able to really bring your own food too much. Because once again, you're going on to somebody else's truck. Now I brought some peanut butter and jelly and some ramen noodles and you know the soup, cup of noodles, stuff like that. But that's pretty much all you're going to be able to manage. So if you want to have a real meal or or anything like that, you're going to need to have some money. So real quick, I'm going to cover uh, what you should bring on your trainer's truck and what you shouldn't bring on your trainer's truck. It's really easy, guys. Uh, this is your trainer's truck. He's in it all the time. This is basically his home. He or she lives in it. If they're a good trainer, they will clear out all the space for you, maybe one cabinet. That's all you're going to get, which is fair. Um, and you'll get the upper bunk. So you'll have the area in the upper bunk, um, and then you'll have a cabinet. So you're going to go with a bare minimum of stuff. One duffel bag of clothes is all you're going to need or want because you're going to be able to do laundry, okay? And you're going to want to bring maybe a few items of food, the stuff that I just mentioned, and maybe some some kind of entertainment, something, DVD player, uh, MP3 player, iPod, something like that to entertain yourself. I mean, most of the most of the stuff you can do can be done on your phone anyway. So I wouldn't see you needing to do anything extra. I have all, all the apps, and the apps can go on your phone. You know, Kindle. I have all the TV apps. Uh, I have, you know, anything like that. Like I don't even know anybody that watches. Well, I know one person, but he's kind of old school. Uh, so most people don't really want this anymore. Um, I don't want to embarrass him. So, um, yeah, so just go bare. No. 
just go bare minimum. Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe Russ watches DVDs. We'll find out. But just go bare minimum on the stuff that you bring on your trainer's truck because there's not going to be a whole lot of room. Um, if you don't know how to do laundry, you might want to learn because you're going to have to do laundry out on the road. If your trainer uh, is willing to teach you, that would be good. That would make them a very good trainer, but maybe they're not willing to teach you, so you might want to learn how to do laundry before you go out on the road because that's going to be a necessity. And uh, just, yeah, it, the whole idea with training is just to get through it. It's a learning experience. Think of it as camping. You're going to have your sleeping bag. You're going to have your duffel bag. You're going to have your shower bag. Uh, shower bag would have just basically just soap, shampoo, and uh, and uh, a washcloth or something, whatever you might use. And that's basically all you're going to have. It's going to be like camping. You're going to get through the experience, and your main goal to get out of what you want to get out of your training experience is to learn what you need to learn. Get good at shifting, get good at turning, get good at backing. It's all about the learning, and it's not really about, you know, the creature comforts. Anything you want to add to that, Rick? Uh, well, I'll add my two cents worth at the end of the thing. I, but I agree with you. You have to, you have to learn. Learning is, is imperative to, to what you're getting ready to do. So uh, we're going to go on to another one of our group members, Edward Prince. He's got some advice for surviving training. Hey, Ed, how's it going? Hey, Ed. I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Great, great. Look yeah, I was uh, thinking back to my old days of assigning students. And, uh, uh, you know, to start off, you you want to just like uh, what uh, – what Rebecca said earlier about you want to get to know the company and it's, it's, it's about getting to know what their procedures are as far as how they assign students. You know, you, you want to find out uh, things like, uh, you know, who do you communicate to and everything like I, what I remember is, is I remember uh, people coming in and wanting to get to work right away because the first thing they wanted to do is they wanted to get assigned to a truck because they knew if they got assigned to a truck, they can get that hundred dollars advance and that they would have cash in their pocket because they were in orientation for three days, eating off the company uh, and not having any money and, you know, staying at a hotel and not having any money. And, and you're, you're right on with it. Try to have money, understand your pay schedule and understand how you're going to get paid because, uh, you know, sometimes you'll fall into a rut right there real quick, especially if you've been sitting all week waiting for that hundred dollar advance and that's all you care about because you're not going to ask any more questions. And as soon as something happens, you're not going to know who to call. You're not going to really work, know if that's what you're supposed to be worried about or not. I'll give you some examples. See, so, uh, when, when I would give an orientation, uh, speech there at the end of the, at the end of the orientation, the students would be getting their driver codes ready to go onto a trainer's truck. And I would come in there and I'd explain to them how that's going to work. I told them there were some several issues with uh, how we communicate problems. So basically we didn't know whether or not the trainers were doing their job unless the trainees told us. So if you got into a guy's truck, a trainer's truck, and he's absolutely the worst person you've ever seen, he's dirty, filthy, he, you know, doesn't use a seatbelt, he doesn't do anything, we don't know that because if nobody's told us, then we there's no way for us to know that. And, you know, you'd be amazed how many people can clean up the truck, put on some nice clothes, come get certified as a trainer, and then from that day on, we never hear from them again, and we don't even know if that's the real person or not. You know, especially in a big company, especially when things move along like they do, there's just no way of knowing. So I told them, you always want to uh, have, uh, make sure that you know to report to us, you know, whether or not the truck is clean, whether or not the driver is clean, whether or not the driver is safe, and as far as work ethic. Now, these also are a little, you think about it, you're going to have to live with this person for a while in a bathroom, basically, you know, it's a little room size of a closet and you're going to be sleeping in there. You're going to be hanging out in there. You're going to be driving in there and it's close quarters. So you're going to have to get along the best you can. 
And so even though the person's like, well, you know, there's a little bit of uh, trash in the truck and it's going to be okay because, you know, it's not that bad. But you don't know. So you got to kind of need to communicate to the trainer. And, and the trainer should be doing this as well, of course. But you got to communicate. Please let us know. You know, hey, trainer, what's going on? You know, I see you got a little trash bag here. You know, is that how you take the trash out? What, what's going on? You know, you got a little cup sitting back here, you know, in the backpack here. Did you forget to throw that away or what? And that way you kind of get to know each other as far as how clean is this person. Because what's going to come down to is you're going to you're going to not say anything, and it's going to start boiling over, and then you're going to hit it. Then you're going to it's going to pop your top, and you're going to go off, and it's just not something you want to do. Because if something bad happens like that, then you're both going to get fired, and that you don't want that. So that's that's what I always told the students is report anything to us that you might find a problem, and if it gets to a point where you do need to get off the truck, then you need to, of course, you need to have been saying something, and then we're going to say, okay, let's get you to a terminal, let's get you somewhere where you can get off the truck and we can get you with another trainer. It's a work in progress. It's not, you know, wake up on Monday morning and say, I've had it with this guy, get me another trainer. It's not, it's not going, it's not going to work that way a lot of times with these, with these uh, companies, especially with the ones where, you know, they've got students waiting because they don't have enough trainers. So you just think about things like that. You know, I, I, I've always uh, had – I had that happens every Monday. I, you know, we would come in and we would see trainers in, or trainees in hotels somewhere in the middle of nowhere because they just had it with their trainers and they got off the truck. Yeah. Yep. That actually wouldn't this, be this one, successful. This, <laughs> no. What's that now? That wouldn't be a successful finish being in a hotel room. <laughs> that would be an no, it wouldn't. Finish. And and that's and that's just, the funny thing too is so so the the so I'll tell you this quick. Uh, I've got tons of them. I can go all night with this stuff. So the trainer and the trainee got into it on Friday. Okay, the pay period is from Monday to Monday. If you work on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you get paid for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday per day. It adds up to whatever it is, 500 a week, whatever it came out to be. So, you know, some companies are different. So, so the student got put in a hotel Friday night and sat there all weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Monday morning, he comes in or he he's, he calls in, and says, "I need another try." So, well, you know, we're working on it. We try real hard to work on it. You know, we we didn't know what what was going to happen. So, come payday, they don't pay him for Saturday and Sunday because he doesn't show to be working those days. He, he's not on a truck, and he's not dispatched. So now his pay screwed up because whoever did the pay didn't see that he was put in the hotel under his own, you know, without his, uh, you know, he was just away. He didn't do that voluntarily. So there's another problem that comes in with finishing your training or getting trained and then in, and then having problems affects your pay. So you want to communicate the problems so that they don't affect things like that. So not only do they affect your pay, they can affect your time and training, just extend your training. There's tons and tons of carriers out there that I've witnessed where you're, you're, you, what, what she said earlier was right. The way they treat the trainees and, and putting them with a trainer and, and forcing them to run team, the trainee is the one that's, that's losing out there. Well, guess what? The company their philosophy is the trainee don't really matter that way anyway. When when they when when they're discussing issues between a trainer and trainee, the trainee is second class. The trainer is first class. So they're they're more likely to blame the train the trainee with for the problems first. And mm. and then the, so so the trainee really it's one of those things like we're talking about surviving training. You're really just trying to survive. The company is what you're trying to do. And, yeah. you know, you so because you, you stepped into that, of course, you know, we're talking about it now. Do your research. Find out what companies are doing the bad stuff and which ones are doing the good stuff. And uh, and that's that's what I, what I would recommend first and foremost. Of course, you know, we you know, we're trying to reach them early, but it's hard to. But that's that's one of the things we want to do. All right. Okay. All right. So uh, 
it's, it's a running theme. I mean, I hear I hear it so much. You can like name the problem that the driver or the trainee is having, and usually it comes back to a lack of communication. So the key yes. to have a, to have a successful trucking career from start to finish is proper communication with your company. If you communicate with yes. them and let them know what's going on, you'll be okay, and you won't have these problems. Yes. So, so mo- most most of the uh, truck drivers out there, and and a pretty good amount of the people that are entering the trucking industry for a new career are former military. So, you remember when you went into basic training, the first thing that was written on the chalkboard in the in the little day room in the in the barracks was your chain of command. I mean, everything from the president all the way down to you know the the uh, uh, whatever you want to call it. We had we had you know. Uh, what is the kid? Flight chief is what we had. So, you know, it, it's it's whatever you need to know. So, when you get in there, you need to know who's my boss, who's my supervisor, this training coordinator. What's his name? What's his phone number? What's his extension? Whatever I need to do, email. Whatever I need to do. Then you ask, what's who's his boss? And then you say, well, it, it, the, the, his boss is the fleet manager. I'll say, what's what's their number? What's their email? Whatever. You go all the way up to at least terminal manager. If you can get the terminal manager's boss then you want you want the terminal manager's boss too. And that and that would be kind of like a regional VP or something. But you want these people's email addresses and especially if you're now I used to try to give them out and I got in trouble. The the actual terminal manager did not want me giving out his his extension and his name to everybody that came through orientation, which I thought was stupid, but we do have there is a problem with that. The reason why drivers are treated differently in the world is because there are people out there that become truck drivers that call for the silliest things. You know, they, they want to call and bitch to the terminal manager because somebody forgot to flush the toilet in the bathroom. That's the kind of stuff we deal with. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy. But, but the chain of command is always a good thing. Communication you know, communicate because what's going to happen is you're going to get some, you know, things are going to start getting a little hot. You and the trainer are not necessarily getting along. And of course we, a lot of people don't like confrontation. So we don't really confront the trainer on the road by ourselves because we don't know how the trainer is going to react. So we kind of keep to ourselves, but we do need to either communicate by email this, these days. I wasn't, I wasn't in the office when email was getting utilized by everybody like it is now. So call in, well before i mean don't don't get don't get let your top blow and then call because nothing can be done right then right then and there so you need to communicate to everybody what's going on and maybe things can change maybe we need to come in and talk it out things like that because i'll tell you this another funny story the 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 student was not having a good time with his trainer and of course, this was back in the day when you know the tra- trainees were just starting, and they were out in the middle of nowhere, up in Montana somewhere, and the trainee just had enough, and he decided he's going to get his stuff and get off the truck at the next truck stop. He pulled up to the next truck stop, you know, saw it had showers and stuff, so he said, "You know what? I'm getting off right here." So. He stayed there in the in the little lounge all night long. Got up the next got the next morning, called into the office and said, "I need a bus ticket." And he's like, "Really? Okay, where you at?" And he's like, "Well, I'm right here. There's this Greyhound sign hanging out the door." And he's like, "All right, let me call the uh, let me call the Greyhound and let's uh, get you a bus ticket out of there that back back to where you need to go." He called the the uh, training coordinator, called the Greyhound, and he said, "We we haven't ran a Greyhound bus through there in 15 years." So he was stuck. <laughs> He was stuck. He, there was nothing. He had. He he was either gonna have to wait for a company truck to come through there and get him, or or he was gonna have to uh, get somebody to, uh, you know, give him a hitch, hitch him a ride or something. Yeah, that's a bad deal. You don't want to do that. Don't just jump off the truck for sure. Right. That's one of the only things I remember from my orientation class as far as, you know, that, that type of stuff was whatever you do, don't just get off the truck. Call somebody and, and, and talk to somebody here before you decide you've had a, had enough. Make a plan. Yeah, make a plan. 
Yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on just, just like a second. We said. Okay. Um, I don't know what Edward is doing, but I'll, I'll just keep going here. Um, so it's just like we said. Uh, it's surviving training is the name of the episode, and that's the name of the game. Surviving training. I mean, yes. All right, I'm uh, back. I'm sorry. Want... <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I just had one more question for you, Ed. I just want to emphasize this point. Um, if you are on your trainer's truck, and I don't even want to get uh, into the whole getting along thing because I feel like you can get along with anybody for a month or two. But if you're on your trainer's truck and they are not teaching you, like they're just using you as a driver to get miles and they're not showing you anything, um, what like just give us the process that a trainee had to go through to get a new trainer uh, in the company that you were with. Well, like I said, it started with communicating the problem. And if it was something that, you know, maybe we, we always tried to talk it out on the phone if we could. So, so things like things like arise that can, if the, if the, if the trainee and the, and the trainer were having a discussion and they weren't really agreeing with how things are going. And then they called, they called me and said, you know, I want to be trained, you know, but I'm not getting the, the training I need. And the trainer's like, well, I'm training the best I can, but these loads got to go. You know, of course, that's how it was, you know, because because that's the incentive the trainer got. You re, like you're talking about the, 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 you know, they were being told that you can run like a, you know, or half like a team. You didn't really have to run a whole team, but some of them tried to run a whole team. They were they said if they didn't run a whole team the whole time, they'd lose money. And that was just the way it was. Of course, you know, we, we threw them out because we have we have mandated things now. Most of the companies have mandated stuff, but we would try to communicate to them uh, over the phone right away and try to solve it that way. If that if that didn't work, then we try to have a sit down and and go over everything at, at the office. And if that didn't come, we we always would would want if if the, if let's say that the that that the student communicated to me that they had a situation and they felt uncomfortable discussing it with the with the trainer. They'd come in, they'd see, I'd say, get, you know, we'll get, get you back here. So we put in a request to get the student back to the home terminal or to a terminal, depending on where they're at in the situation or, or whatever they felt comfortable. A lot of students said, I'll just wait till I get back to the home terminal. That's fine. So they came and they, they sat down with me. What I always had them do is write statement of what went on and how they felt things were hand, being handled and then that that went into a file and that got that got scanned into the system and that was that was kind of put in both student and trainers files for training and then we would we would coordinate with the student to get him with a with another another trainer i mean we we tried our best you know the, they always said we 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 don't do anything except male female which you know a lot of uh female students didn't want to be with male uh, trainers and of course you know female trainers are hard to come by so we always made sure we did that and then we said okay preferably smoking or non-smoking uh, of course this was back you know in uh, 10 years ago and then and then we had uh, well that's pretty much all we said we said that's that's all we that's all our parameters we're not going to try to hook up you know Hispanics with Hispanics and blacks with blacks because that's not important to us that's not an issue now there are other drivers out there that have issues with that kind of thing, but you know, we, we, if, if, if they have issues with that and they say, well, I don't want to train no, I don't want to train no black guy. Well then get out of here, you know, but we yeah. did have a guy, a, a training coordinator. He got fired because he was trying to fix everybody up. He'd had, what he had was, is he had, he had a white guy sitting waiting the white guy, the white student, with with any of his trainers because they were all they were all black, and he didn't want to he didn't want to mix them up because he thought there might be a problem. So wow. the, the white student called the called the manager, the, the terminal manager, and said, "Hey, why am I sitting here?" And so he called him in the office. He says, "Why why why is this guy sitting here?" And he's like, "Well, because these other guys are are different color than him, and I don't want to cause any problems." And he's like, "We can't do that. Get out of here. We can't do stuff like that," you know. And of course, we had we had issues. We we had a 
we had a Hispanic trainer come to me, and he says I prefer to to, to train students that are that are that speak Spanish because my Spanish is better than my English. So we always try to accommodate the bilingual thing, and it was it was an issue, of course, down in Texas and in Arizona a lot. So uh, my assistant, his name was Fred Vasquez, and he was a great guy. He was the one in charge of matching the students. Well, he says, I got the perfect student for you. This guy here, his name, I forgot his name. We'll, we'll just call him John Smith. And he had he had gray hair and he had glasses and he comes in there. Hey, nice to meet you. And he's like he's like I I, I requested a, a, a Spanish speaking. He goes, oh yeah, his his Spanish is fluent. He's he lived in Mexico for three years. He he's speaking. Of course, they started talking in Spanish. He come an hour later. He comes back and he says, I'm really not comfortable with this student. His he he we're not really getting along that well right now. An hour after they met is because and and so. So his idea of taking a person that spoke Spanish was because I hope I get somebody that's the same ethnicity as me. You know, that that's yeah. what his that's yeah. what his requirement was. Right. So, yeah. you know, so we're, we're not we're not in the business, you know, the 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 training coordinator is not supposed to be in the business of of doing that kind of stuff, you know. And of course, uh we try to help people out, you know. I mean, I'm I'm going to I'm going to tell you I'm not going to put a Cowboys fan with an Eagles fan, you know, <laughs> maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't, but you know, Hey, yeah. I don't, that, there's yeah, nothing, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing ethnic or racial about that. So, so if they don't want to be together, they don't have to be together. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's getting a little crazy. I mean, uh, when, when it comes to uh, being matched up with your trainer, I mean, if you can get a, a non-smoker, if you're a non-smoker, then you're lucky. So that's that's what you got to expect when you when you get on your trainer truck. So that's excellent yeah. stuff, Ed, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you later, okay? All right now. All right, bye. Bye, Ed. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, it's surviving training. So you're you're not going to get your perfect match. You're not going to find your your soulmate. Uh, of course, you're unless you're really lucky like me. But you know that that's a rare occurrence. And I swear it could be a romantic comedy. I'm telling you. But anyway. Um, we're moving on uh, down to the the last part of the show. So we want to bring on William in Arizona. He's got some advice for trainees and surviving training. Hey, William, how's it going? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, William. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Rick. <laughs> Hi. All right. So what you got um, one of the things I heard you guys talk about earlier was uh, the team mode. You got the uh, well, how my company works is the first week, uh, pretty much the first 50 hours of of his driving behind the wheel, and we go by hours behind the wheel. The first 50 hours is uh, I have to sit up in the front seat on duty beside the person. Now, this is a very, very critical moment. This is when I teach the student just about everything there is to know about truck driving that first week. The last three weeks, we go team mode. During these three weeks, he exercises everything I taught him in the first 50 hours with the occasional of, hey, wake up, come check this out. You know, I, I need to know how to do this, you know, with the occasional of that, uh, which is why I said in the last episode, make sure you get your sleep. Um, but the uh, to the whole uh, idea of the student getting screwed no, that's not how that works. Um, the last three weeks is when the trainer actually makes his dollar. And I am not training anybody how to drive an 80,000-pound vehicle that does not have experience for peanuts. It's not happening. So uh-huh. that's pretty much what the team mode is for. So the trainer gets his proper pay for putting his life on the line for training someone brand new. And I, I just right, wanted to clear the how, air on how that. Long, <laughs> how long do you have a trainee on your truck, though? How, like in time-wise, not hours. Like how long is you do 200 hours? Like how much does that take? All right. Well, the current awesome company that I work for, um, they advertise four to six weeks that you'll be with a mentor. Me personally, 
I usually get my students done within three weeks and about two days. That's about average. And when I run, I run hard. I don't take it easy, and that's why they say four to six weeks is because there's, there's a lot of guys out there that don't believe in running hard. Me, I'm a, run, I'm a runner. I, if I'm out, I'm out to make money. I'll chill and lounge when I get home. I don't sit. I look for the next load, and I make that money. Um, that's right. what it's my pretty much all about for me. Yeah, my point was when I was saying that I got screwed was my company, when they trained me, I was on the trainer truck. There was two trainer trucks for eight weeks because they split up the training in two segments. So it was a total of eight weeks mm-hmm. that I was on a trainer truck getting, you know, getting, I was getting paid peanuts, which is fine. I'm the trainee. It's fine. It's, I'm cool with that. But if I feel like they felt like I was ready to go full team after four weeks, four to six weeks, however long it takes, and I'm still on the trainer truck getting the trainee pay for, say, two to three weeks after I'm ready to go out on my own, that's where I felt like they were, you know, kind of screwing the trainee in so many words. You know, your your uh, example right. of, you know, the first 50 hours are critical, uh, which is where you learn everything, and then the next three weeks after that, they get time to practice and ask questions. That's fantastic. It's after that where you're ready to go and they keep you on the trainer truck when you don't need to be. Mm-hmm. Well, let me add a little something to that. And um, I'm going to, I'm going to basically break down the training with the company that I'm with. Um, basically when students come on the truck, okay, we're going to rewind this back before they even get on the truck. We're going to rewind it back to getting their permit and then going to the actual school. Um, from my experience, I got to be honest, the, Company school is way better than any third-party school. I can say that with experience. I've already trained over nine students this year alone. Um, But, yeah, the company school is way better. So they're going to spend about three weeks in that company school, learning how to drive, learning how to shift, learning how to back, all these lovely things that they're going to learn. And, you know, that usually schools around uh, $4,400, $500 of it being – their um, room at their hotel that they stay at while they're in school. Um, After so, they start orientation for three days. As soon as orientation is over, I I come in and a guy like me, a mentor, we're called mentors, um, a guy like me comes in and pretty much scoops them up. Now, from this point, we do have a certain guideline that we have to go by. But I actually add in some of my own guidelines, you know, and that's some of the guidelines I already uh, expressed last week. Now, keep in mind that this person for the next two weeks is not going to have a paycheck. For the past four weeks, they haven't had a paycheck during school. So you're looking at six weeks, this person has not had a paycheck. You know, they're, they're, down, they're, at, they're at their end. You know, they're counting lint in their pocket at this point. So um, one of the things I do as a trainer, and this is a suggestion to all trainers out there, uh, yes, we do make our money, and that is part of our our payback, you know, going into the team mode. So what I do with that money is is I set it aside a little bit for when I do go out, and I cover that student's uh, expenses. So if they need food, I I have Subway in the cooler, and every now and then um, if I think they're doing a good job, we go – into the country pride or, or the iron skillet and order up something nice and have a sit down meal. You know, if we have time for it in between my runs, uh, go ahead. Sorry about that. Rick, if you had a question. <laughs> All right. But yeah. Um, anyway, so by providing for their meal, uh, the whole time they're on the truck. So when they actually do get their paycheck after a two week period, um, I tell them, I said, Hey, I'm still covering your food. Why don't you use that to buy things that you're going to need for when you get upgraded to your to your to your new truck or new to you truck? Obviously, no company's going to give um, a rookie a brand new truck. <laughs> but um, why don't you save that money, those checks, and get your linens, get your satellite radio, because you know, get you a Ram McNally GPS or 
you know, uh, get you a CB radio. Even those those are very rarely used now. Um, just things like that. Upgrade your phone. Your phone is your lifeblood, um, and things like that. So I, I let them save their checks for what they need them for when they get on their truck. I send them out as businessmen. When they leave my truck, they leave my truck with a business frame of mind, not just a trucker frame of mind. I tell them, I was like, you're not a trucker when you're on my truck. You are a businessman. Your time is money. And that's the thing they need to learn is time management. Time management is a big thing. I could go on all day about survival. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to let you guys ask questions now. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I have to say that I mean, you sound like the best trainer in the world. Uh, Rick was all like you. I don't. He didn't do it with – did you buy food for all of your students? On, not every day, but, you know, like once yeah. a week or so. You would I, I, yeah, I usually uh, – you bought some food, yeah. Bought food. I, didn't, I wasn't sure it was just me. But, um, <laughs> I bought all your food. Well, yeah. Melissa, yeah. Uh, I do so, got to admit, I, I do strive to be the best at what I do, and that's that's what part of my success comes from. I do feel like I'm a very successful person in the career I'm in, and I try to teach that to my students. I said, you, you see that guy riding right by, right by us? I want you to want to be better than that guy. That's that's what you're striving yeah. for, and that's how you make your yeah, money. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was trying to say. I mean, I think you're you're providing an example right now for people who are thinking about being trainers. Uh, anybody who's thinking about being a trainer or already is one, you need to be like William. That's the trainer that needs to be out on <laughs> the road. You. That's the type of guy that we need bringing the new guys into the industry. I wish there was more people like you. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Thank you for the kudos. Now, if you guys only knew the company I work for. <laughs> I love my company. Don't don't get that wrong. <laughs> okay, that's good. Okay, so do you so, guys have any um, other questions or? Okay. Um no no I liked I liked all the stuff you had to say I don't really have any questions I think we're pretty well covered and if anybody has any questions for William uh, he's on Facebook uh, you can send a question to Trucking One Hundred and One on Audio Road um, any kind of way you could think of if you have a question for William. We'll get it to him. Um, yeah, all, but I think all day. I'll answer any questions. Awesome. All right. We, we really appreciate you coming on the show, and we'll talk to you later. Anytime, Rick and Melissa. You guys are great. I, I'm so glad I've met you guys, and uh, we've we've we became friends. Look forward to seeing you guys soon. All right. Thanks. thanks. Bye. 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 Okay. Uh, I just have to say again, William, I mean, he's the guy. That is the type of trainer that needs to be out on the road. Everybody needs to train like William does because that's just spectacular. Unfortunately, the majority of the trainers out there are not as awesome as William is. So you are going to have to go in survival mode when you go into a trainer truck. You're not going to get – if you get William, count your blessings because, because he's number one. But you probably won't. So you're just going to have to go into survival mode and just get through it. I mean, like I said, peanut butter and jelly and ramen noodles. But moving on past the actual training experience, we're going to go into, okay, you're done with training. Now what? And I'm going to bring on Russ Morgan, and he is going to – well, I was going to bring on Russ. I think he dropped. Okay, you go first, and we'll see if I can find Russ. Okay, Basically, what uh, Russ and I both were going to talk about is, you know, what it was like when we actually got off of our trucks. Now, Russ had quite a bit of experience driving trucks under, you know, other circumstances, uh, family and stuff like that, I believe. And uh, with me, I came, I went to a school, and I, I the, the way I chose my school and I chose the company I went to work for was based on, on time. Now, I had a job when I... Uh, when I went to the truck school and made arrangements to come in an hour late every day. And uh, that school lasted for six weeks. And I still, when I left there, I didn't, didn't know how to back. Uh, that was my big bugaboo. And uh, I got a trainer that uh, didn't really know how to train. And we started at the time the company was doing the team almost immediately. First trainer I can remember my dispatcher calling me up on the phone and going, So, and this would be two days after I had a training on, are you ready for team mode? And I 
didn't even ask my trainee. I just said yes. You know, yeah. so I, I was an owner operator and and I wanted to make money, which is the same thing that my uh, trainer did. Now I, I feel like I was a little more conscientious than, than my trainer was. My trainer absolutely was all about the dollar, and he had no inclination about whether or not uh, he wanted me to. I barely knew how to use a Qualcomm when I got off the truck, and I absolutely did not know how to back. And you know, as far as surviving. You know, I mean, I survived because he didn't want it on his record that, that I failed as a trainee, you know. And they put me out there without, you know, much in the way of, of uh, training beyond just driving the truck every day. And so so once I got off the truck, I had to actually go out and learn how to back on my own. And I spent every spare moment I had backing that truck. I pulled into a to, to get fuel. I went to the parking lot and I did a couple of backs before I took off again. And, uh, I was able to teach myself how to back. And, uh, it, it, it's something I actually should have learned in my training process. And, and what I would, uh, be aware of, you know, this conversation. So you want to make sure your trainer is doing his job. You know, that trainer needs to be doing backs every single day with you. And that's what I, that's one of the things I did with my students since I couldn't back, when I came off the truck, uh, I made sure that my students learned how to back. You know, and uh, I was a better trainer of backing than I actually was a backer. My students, when they got off the truck, were better backers than I was because I spent most of my time teaching them. And, uh, right. So the goal would be, if you can, uh, get a new trainer that is actually going to teach you if, you if your current trainer is not teaching you. If that doesn't happen, if the company doesn't come through for you, uh, I mean, that's why we're here. You know, if you need help, we're here to help you. Uh, so if you, if you, if you got off your trainer truck and you didn't feel like you learned what you needed to learn, well, that's where we come in. And, but if you did get off your trainer's truck and you, you know, you felt like you learned what you needed to learn, I mean, nobody's 100% ready to go out on their own. There's going to be experiences that you're going to have that you weren't ready for. It's the whole thing is a learning experience. You learn every single day. We've been out here for almost 10 years, and we're still learning. Yeah, that's something will, something will pop up. Yeah. And, and that first year, you know, you just don't learn all this stuff, particularly when you're working for a large company, uh, you know, and you've got people dropping trailers with problems and things like that, you know, old trailers that are rusty and, and, you know, so rusty sometimes that the lights are falling out of the back of it. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it... We had one like yeah, that. It took six hours to fix. It, it's a learning process, and, and that is exactly why we're here. You know, when you're having that problem, you know, hopefully you come out of training, you survived it, and ready to start learning how to do your job completely. And the idea of, of tonight's podcast is that you survived, you're ready to go. If you weren't, completely ready to go you need to keep on learning you know you need to be serious about it when when you were in there uh, when you're in on the trainer truck and you know asking questions and things like that and then once you get out you need to do a continuing education on the thing yeah ask questions if you don't get a positive response uh the first time uh just keep asking questions don't get discouraged there you will come across people like us that are willing to answer your questions it looks like we've come to the end of our show. We'd like to thank everyone for listening. We record every Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. To catch a live recording, call 319-527-6094. Remember to check out our Facebook page. You can like our page and ask, ask a question there. If you are an experienced driver, please share our and the Facebook page with new drivers and experienced drivers alike so we can get the word out. We would like to tell you about the other podcast on the Audio Network, Audio Road Network. Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Rolling Toe with Mike and Kevin Beckett. Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, Kenny Long does Trucking with Authority. Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, Rico Muhammad records Rates and Lanes. 1 p.m. on Wednesday is Destination Health with Kim Cockerham and Kevin Rutherford. To be reminded about the podcast, text LISTEN to 99,000 in the U.S. and 76,000 in Canada. 
We would like to close the show with, with a quote from one of our favorite best-selling authors, Larry Wingen. Love what you do enough to become excellent at it, otherwise you don't. Good night, everyone. We hope you'll join us next Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern.